It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show, J.C. Sherbert here with you. I'm Phil Mullinax. Hope everyone's doing well today on a Tuesday. Uh, open week. Uh, sat there and thought about it today, folks, and uh, midway point of the season. Uh, at least it's uh, the midway point of the regular season. We all hope that, of course, there's a bowl game and there's 13 games this year. But uh, it's time for some midterm grades, Phil. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Midterms, everybody loves them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought about playing a little hot for teacher, you know, for mm-hmm. my Van Halen right. <laughs> here today. <laughs> I don't know. I may get, uh, get canceled like they're trying to do to Troy Eggman for <laughs> so talking about dresses last night on Monday Night Football. My goodness. Yes. Um, he got shades of uh, John Madden coming out in his broadcasting voice and just the, the way he does it. Like, I, I can close my eyes and sometimes I'm like, no, here's a guy, you know. Here's a guy. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you score that many points, then that means you win the game. That means you're going to win the game. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, uh, you know, so anyway, that's uh, we're going to go through and, and talk about and give out some midterm grades today. Uh, halfway point of the season, Gamecocks four and two after a big win over Kentucky, 24 to 14 in Lexington. They snap a long losing streak. I think a lot of people, maybe uh, myself included, wondered if Carolina would ever win up there <laughs> again. You know, it kind of got, you know, you're like, man, what, what more could uh, happen up here at Kroger Field? But the Gamecocks pulled it off. Huge, huge game with Texas A&M coming up here in a couple of weeks, and they're uh, vulnerable. Uh, I'll say this, just kind of looking forward uh, to that game, Phil. They're vulnerable, but they've been vulnerable before. Uh, you know, th- this is a – with the exception of 2020 when A&M, I think, went 9-1, uh, and 10-1, and one, something like that, and won the Orange Bowl. Probably could have gotten in the playoff that year. Yeah. Uh, I guess an all-SEC schedule – They've been kind of eight and four ish, seven and five ish. Uh, I just think the Gamecocks uh, kind of have not done well against them. So it's just one of those things where we all kind of sit around and look at them in awe, you know. <laughs> and uh, oh man, Texas A&M, and you know, and, and uh, Mississippi State's going. Oh yeah, we got A and M this week. I'm pretty happy about that, you know. Yeah. Whereas Carolina dreads it, but uh, a good opportunity, I think, to go in there and compete in that football game, Phil. It, it, you know. Starting around 2019, I, you know, there was a stretch. Of course, there was the Kenny Hill game, which I think you, you got to call that game kind of the beginning of the end. Because, <laughs> um, you know, 2014 opened, the first game ever on SEC Network, Brent Musburger's in the house, packed house. Gamecocks are ranked, I think, ninth in the country. They're an 11.5-point favorite over the Aggies, right? Laying it. <laughs> and then Kenny Hill comes in, and I think those were 600 yards. God. <laughs> and AM beat him 52 28. And that's when I was like, oh boy, this defense really isn't all that good. And it was after a summer of hype where, you know, Kenny Chesney made a Steve Spurrier movie. Um, you know, it was, it was nothing. It was the summer of Spurrier, basically. Uh, Greg McElroy picked the Gamecocks to go to the first ever college football playoff. Um, 
you know, a lot of hype going into that year. And then, boy, A&M came in and just laid the smack down. Uh, and uh, so it started then. And then the Gamecocks went out there the, the next year, lost by a touchdown. Uh, 2016, the Aggies were in the top five. And uh, it was a one-score game until, like, late. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the game uh, Will Muschamp decided to put uh, Hayden Hurst at punt returner, which – I don't know that that didn't work out very well, but no. it looked it looked weird and it didn't work out. And I think when that happens, you get a lot of heat. Um, and so then, uh, you know, you go you, you go on from there, and the Gamecocks should have won in 2017 out there. They blew a lead, and probably with a better start in 2018, could have won that one too. Is 26 23 was the final. Gamecocks fell behind 16 nothing, rallied, tied the game, and then. The Aggies took over, and and then 2019, 2020, and then last year, it hadn't even been close. I mean, it, it's been uh, – they've punted the Gamecocks. I think this year, and it's a long-winded way of saying, Phil, Gamecocks can get back to that kind of competitive state uh, with, with Texas A&M. You know, I, I expect a close fourth-quarter game. Um, not saying Carolina will win because it will be close. But uh, it, it's going to be one of those things where I think Carolina will certainly have that opportunity. Yeah, and it doesn't look like you're nearly outmanned like it did at the beginning of the season just because of, you know, I mean, there was a whole lot of hype for A&M heading into this Ooh. one. Uh, so much, man. They just have not yet lived up to expectations. So let's hope they just maintain status quo and they will be able to pull off the uh, upset. That's like he, t- he's, like he t- said yesterday. I mean, they have two weeks to sit around and think how they were on the, uh, you know, uh, one play away from beating Alabama. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, in that around that program, they think they should beat Alabama. And, you know, when they don't, that's probably pretty disappointing. <laughs> uh, I, I think they think they should beat the Gamecocks, too. You know, and I, I don't know. So maybe you catch them all, all kind of discombobulated or whatever. I, I don't know necessarily that it, it's going to take that. I just uh, kind of like South Carolina – even now, I don't think Carolina's played their best game all year. Uh, and we may finish the season and say that uh, and go back and go, well, you know, just pick one. <laughs> you know, which, one which one was the best? But, uh, you know, I, I don't think A&M's played their best either. You know, they, it's, nobody's really gotten their best shot on both sides of the ball. No. Um, and, and so we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. But I do think it is a big opportunity. As I mentioned, it's the midterm. Uh, I'll put my professor hat on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the professors wear hats these days. I don't know. You know. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I guess you have the thing you wear to graduation. The cap. That's right. Yeah. 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 The mortar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mortar. That's what it's called. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to put. I'm gonna, I think you can. We're going to hand out some grades here. Um, the poll question for today is about expectations. Um, and I will give you an update on it because I put it up, and we'll see sort of uh, how people have responded so far. Uh, Carolina's 4-2 at the midway point. Are the Gamecocks better than expected, worse than expected, or as expected? As expected is at 63.1%. Worse is 21. Better is at 15. That's on the thebigspur.com. Uh, looking at the poll on Twitter, we'll show that. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I retweeted a bunch of stuff from Gamecock. By the way, Gamecock pastor, uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to him. Yeah. He's he's in the hospital, man. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate for him. Uh, yeah, so as expected, is at 70% on Twitter right now. I think so, record-wise, that's solid. I mean, record-wise, yeah. I think four and two, everybody was kind of feeling that heading into this. It just Like we were saying last week, man, it's the optics that have been troublesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the optics are, you know, the, the, the offense especially. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, as expected, four and two. Uh, and, and, you know, you got six games left, so we'll see sort of uh, what happens. They're going to the Nanosports chat box now. Sorry, not, sorry I didn't get to you guys earlier. <laughs> Craiger says, what's good? Doc says, good morning. Clint says he got his A&M tickets last night. All right. Uh, Marcus says, any news on Jalen Daniels? I'm hearing he was a steal for us. Yeah, we talked about him yesterday uh, mm-hmm. on the show. Um, really, really – a high upside guy, and uh, appreciate. I think I think uh, his dad or somebody. That his dad, yeah. His dad, his dad says shout out for mentioning him. Yeah. Uh, haven't played a whole lot, all that good stuff. But they were really high on him, and most of the people I've talked to uh, think he's an absolute steal. So you know, we'll, I think down the road, especially uh, you know, keep an eye on that guy. Uh, Jared says, "Go Cox, go E rolls." What are the E rolls? There goes. I don't know what Ebro. I have no idea. All right, that's cool. I like Egg Rolls, actually. I do too. Yeah, yeah. It's Although the girls. the close Chinese place to my house does not do egg rolls right. I know. I mean, they got the best lo mein in town, but can't put an egg roll together. I don't get it. <laughs> I need to get Nat to complain. She's she's pretty pretty much a Chinese food connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Not an egg roll person, though. I, I'm like, oh, just give me an egg roll, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I get made fun of. It's like, you want to eat gay Chinese food? Do like, they have General Tso's chicken? Yeah, right. right. And they're like, like, what? You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there's a Chinatown in Chicago. It's like the, it's like the real stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I actually got engaged there in Chinatown. At a, I got engaged at a Chinese restaurant. How about that? Mm-hmm. Dim sum. It was dim sum. It was actually. It was dim sum. We went for dim sum. We had the Peking duck. That was nice. It was a very just. It was just so lovely. It was very lovely. It was lovely feel. Marcus says uh, still, yeah. But so we mentioned Daniels. Jo- Joey says, "What's up, Game Talk Nation? What's up, Joey? Joey's got a big old fish in his avatar. Nice." They're going to catch a big old fish now. Let's do it. <laughs> Gregor says, nice. Clint saw some for 50 or 60 bucks. A&M tickets, yeah. Uh, I would, if you can get them for that right now, uh, I would go ahead and get them. Uh, Cocky Gaming says, good morning all. Cox on top of the cats. Got to love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to kind of have a couple of weeks for that to bask, you know. Yeah. It's got a glow on our faces, and we're walking around smiling all the time. So much better than the alternative. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. I wasn't looking forward to doing this, like, for the next two weeks. See, here's the down. Here's why going to the game was a gamble for me. Because you, you got an open date, right? And so, in theory, right, during the season, if we were going to take some days off, right, from the show, Mm-hmm. The open date's the perfect time to do it, right? Yeah, this week, yeah. Yeah, but, but see, me, I gamble. You know, I'm like, I want to take it off the week before, knowing that, you know, you can't really, you know, because we missed, we missed three days last week or two days last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't really, you, you got to have a full show the next two weeks because you can't keep, you know, you can't keep taking it off. 
And so I was sitting there on my way down. I was like, man, this is not a good idea. Because if they lose, you know, we're going to be stuck holding the show for like two weeks. And, you know, yeah, like the, the, the death march to the A&M game. Um, but certainly glad I made it down and certainly glad that uh, everything worked out like it did because I'm in a lot better mood, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, John from the Pacific Northwest says, morning all. Morning, John. Uh, Jared says, I guess JC is just going to have to make the trip to Lexington every year. <laughs> That's not something I would mind doing, um, even with out Keeneland, I guess. Uh, I went because it kind of lined up with Keeneland. And, and it's, you know, it, for me, it's like a five-hour drive. I mean, it wasn't – you just go straight through Indiana where there's nothing. There's nothing There's nothing in Indiana, folks, but, but Indianapolis. Hey, what, Indiana the long way is the long way, though. My goodness. <laughs> Empty stretches of road. It's just, there's nothing up there. You through, you actually, to, to get there from here, you go through one state, basically, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's a bear. It's a beast. You're like, whoa. You're like, man, you're going and going and going. And then there's windmills. There's like a bunch of big old windmills that look like invading alien robots. Uh, in the middle of the road, and then that's about halfway to Indy. And then you get to Indy, and it's kind of a cluster because they're redoing I-65, and you, you sort of have to go around Indianapolis. And then there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Caverns. There's a Ponderosa. No. By the way. Like old steakhouse? R.I.P. Ponderosa, yeah. man. Uh, when I see a Ponderosa or a Western Sizzling, I get excited. Uh, I didn't stop though, because you know both times I've, I've been down that way, and we've seen the Ponderosa. We we would have stopped for sure. I mean, me and her, mm-hmm. goodness yeah. sake, that's right up our alley. Um, but we've had the dog in the car, you know. So you, you don't want to go in there and go through the Ponderosa buffet line with the doggy in the car. Poor yeah, fellow, really? I mean, he may get kidnapped. Good luck with that. Oh, he, can, he can defend himself. Yeah, he'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be missing missing a finger, but uh, (laughs) but uh, so yeah, we haven't gotten to stop. But you you see the sign and you just kind of reminisce, especially like breakfast, you know, the breakfast buffet. Because it you think back to the Western Steer and Sizzling and Quincy's breakfast and all that. Anyway, I've gotten off topic. So anyway, you get a you get a you get a Ponderosa, and then boom, you're in Louisville. Then you cross the Ohio River and you're in Louisville. And then, you know, Lexington's right on the other side of that. You're essentially there. So, uh, but yeah, it was a great drive and, and all that. I mean, I mean, if I could get tickets, I may sneak down there and go to a Carolina game at Rupp one time. Because I've, I've never I've never been to a game at Rupp. So, that would be kind of fun. Maybe a baseball series. I don't know. It's close. The two closest schools to me are like uh, Kentucky and Missouri. And don't you want the, the drive to, to Lexington's, but maybe bad through Indiana. But I, I, Indiana is uh, a metropolis compared to rural Illinois. <laughs> you, you go, you go, you go between 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 here and St. Louis. There's not even a Ponderosa fill. No, no. <laughs> it's like you know, you, you get a little outside of Chicago, and it's corn, corn, corn. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Fields, fields, fields. Uh, Springfield, Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Abe Lincoln. Nothing, 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 nothing. And really, honest to God, you're going down 55 towards St. Louis. You're still in the fields, and you can see the St. Louis arch. 
<laughs> you're still in the cornfield, and you, you go, you just go, you just kind of go around a corner, like a curve. The, the highway just kind of curves, and oh, there's St. Louis. Oh my goodness, <laughs> how cherry! <laughs> so I mean, it, it's been in the Columbia, Missouri's two, I think two hours from St. Louis, but west. But uh, and then Vandy's Nashville, and that's another awful drive. So. I don't know. I certainly like uh, from Chicago. You can fly just about anywhere. So I certainly like that forty-five minute flight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nashville or St. Louis from here. But uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's that. But yeah, th- those are the closest ones. And I, and I had a good time. And you know, I, I need to take her to. We were talking the other day. Like every year, we're going to plan a road trip somewhere. I mean, we may have to fly the rest, obviously. But I, I want to get her to every SEC stadium, and, and nothing against the good people at Kentucky, but I was disappointed in, the, in kind of the whole atmosphere there, you know, from her standpoint. So I was like, you know, even uh, even if Carolina won, that was awesome. Their fans were were not in the game. They play that music all the time. It just didn't seem like a. It seemed more like a like a. Kind of like an NBA atmosphere within a college football atmosphere, to be honest. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I've been there before where it's been loud. Uh, Cocky Gaming says the Cox are going to give AM their fourth loss this year. Keith doesn't say four loss, Jimbo. <laughs> well, let's hope we can deliver the goods. <laughs> Keith, Keith's gone to be to been um, uh, from saying that calling him the $75 million man to calling him four loss, Jimbo. Four loss, Jimbo. Yep. He calls Napier Sunbelt Billy. Sunbelt Billy. <laughs> uh, he's building something down there. We'll see what it looks like soon. Shoot, Billy Napier's offense is worse than Jim McElwain's. <laughs> oh, no, man. I, I'm curious to see how the Gators fans end up embracing that offensive system for sure. Because it's not – I mean, it's a good system. It's just not – I mean, I'm – you know, from a Carolina standpoint, nobody needs to ever talk about offensive systems. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's just not what they're used to down there. Mm-hmm. It's it's very methodical or very – I don't want to say basic. How do I describe it? it, it it's a college offense, but it's more – like they like to run the quarterback. It's not very, you know, slinging all over the yard. Um, it's sort of a ball control system. So anyway, Tony says, hello, everyone. Go Gamecocks. I think that may be the first time we've seen Tony here in the chat box. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember everybody's name. I'm sorry. Uh, Crager says there's been so many surprises on defense. Tonka, Gilbert, Edmund, DQ, Emmett, Worry. Good to see the depth building up. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And most of those guys are in-state guys. Imanori, DQ, uh, and Tonka, Gilbert Edmond, Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, when they took him, uh, and he was a lo- he's one of those late gets like Sky Moore or one of those last guy in the class, like similar to DQ Smith. Actually, it's kind of funny uh, in this list. You know, you've got two guys in DQ Smith and Gilbert Edmond who are like the last guys in the door in the class. Sometimes those guys pan out big, right? Mm-hmm. But he's from Fort Pierce, Florida. I think he went to the same school. Um, that uh, who's the all pro that went to the University of Buffalo that played for the Bears? Oh, goodness, oh, gosh, ah, <laughs> uh, name escapes me. Um, 
Yeah, he went to the University of Buffalo. He played for the Bears. First round picks. Hold on, I'm. God. I'm <laughs> Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Yep, yep. Khalil Mack. Yep. Um, so Khalil Mack is from that school too. And you know, if you were lucky enough to find Khalil Mack, <laughs> you know, it probably means you need to recruit Fort Pierce a little more. I, I remember when when I covered that school and recruiting. It's kind of weird because they have a lot of guys, right, that end up signing with. Everybody from Bethune Cookman to the Florida Gators to whoever. And so it's probably easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle at that school. And that's probably what happened to Mac. And then Gilbert Evans was just kind of a late bloomer. And uh Muschamp and Travars Robinson sort of guessed right. They're like, this kid's six two right now, but he's gonna be six five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and look, he looked pretty good out there the other night. And I think he's just gonna get better and better. So I think so. I think he's been getting incrementally better after being thrust into the spot here. It's good to see his development coming along. Exactly. And uh, I like his name too, Gilbert Edmund. Gilbert Edmund. That's Gilbert. Right. Uh, Clint says if we can limit a cane there's no reason we can't win that game I agree Alabama did a pretty good job against him the other night I mean they didn't Aggies didn't rush for much at all uh, but he's been tearing it up against everybody else yeah. uh, Sonder asks is there any credence to the rumors about the A&M quarterback situation Max Johnson and Haynes King Ribs I know Max Johnson's out for a while yeah I don't think they'll get him back. Haynes King, I have not heard anything so far. But he'll have two weeks uh, to get better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, my, my guess, my gut feeling is Carolina will see Haynes King. That, that's who's going to yeah. be the, the quarterback. Uh, if not, they got a five-star guy that Jimbo loves, you know, behind uh, behind him. But that would, again, be somebody making their first ever start playing in an SEC game against Carolina. Uh, and then this one would be at Williams Bryce. Yeah. Probably not, probably not, not too, too, too fond, uh, too, not an ideal spot. Right. But if, you know, Kenny Hill came in and started against the Gamecocks too, right? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Memories. Uh, Doc says A&M's overrated so far. They still have players as does Carolina. So we can win a close one in the fourth. We have played our best in the second half. Cocky Gaming Gaming says one play from Bama to Senate. More importantly, Max Johnson isn't going to be running the show. Possibly not King too, which I think would have been my preferred quarterback to play against. Mm-hmm. Johnson's probably out for the season. Them losing Anaya Smith for the year is huge. Yeah, that was huge. They got they got Evan Spencer. I think Evan Spencer is his name. Five star uh, freshman that played well against Bama. I don't know. Aggie's just a little off this year and, you know, all that good stuff. Austin says, uh, answers the poll question as expected, but I think we all thought the offense would look a little better. Hopefully this past weekend sparks some confidence. Cam said, <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I just, there, there's still this like, thing in the back of my head, JC, that says it shouldn't take six weeks for an offense to look good. <laughs> Agreed, Phil. Agreed. <laughs> and that's how I'm gonna put that. <laughs> you know, you know, uh you know where it can take six weeks though? And it's just fun? The NFL. The NFL. Right. <laughs> and there's just not the time in college football. I mean, we're we're sitting around here. 
Nobody's mm-hmm. here talking in the NFL. You know, if you ask anybody about playoffs right now, they'd be like, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. You know, uh, I mean, nobody even cares. Uh, you know, and and in, in, in the NFL, but we're halfway through the college season already. You know, so there's just not there's not enough time. No, just not enough time. Uh, Cam says back-to-back wins against Kentucky and A&M will be monumental for this coaching staff and program. Yeah, it would kind of like reverse some trends. Uh, I personally think that the trend against Missouri is more embarrassing <laughs> well, yeah. uh, than Kentucky and A&M, but they need to reverse all of them. You know, and at some point you need to beat Texas A&M. I mean, I think besides our Carolina's beaten LSU, they've beaten everybody in the league. Except Texas A&M, yeah, because they, they beat LSU the way back in the Brad Scott era when LSU was bad. Hadn't beaten them in a while. They beat Alabama three times, four times. You know, beaten Auburn twice. Now Auburn was the bugaboo before twenty twenty. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, at some point you need to beat them. Uh, now Carolina all time is one and zero against the mighty Texas Longhorns. <laughs> 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 beat, them in, beat, them, beat them in the 50s. South Carolina combined against Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Texas is like seven and one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, Texas combined one and seven against the game. Because you can throw Notre Dame and Southern Cal in there. I think the, the, the record's like three and nine. <laughs> Gamecocks have beaten those brand name teams, baby. That's right. All right. Joseph says, taking my wife and daughter to AM. Church is taking 30 youth from Spartanburg. Shout out to the CNBC youth group. All right, Joseph. Yeah. All right, my man. What is Texas AM's weakness? Their head coach. (laughs) (laughs) Clint says, I went to a wedding in Turkey Run, Indiana. Yeah, that's a real place. Nothing but (laughs) cornfields. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, says, I tell you what, if we beat AM, they will be acting like the sky is falling in College Station. You always love those kinds of wins. Yeah. Could it, could, yeah. could someone get fired? You know, because I, I mentioned all those schools that, that Carolina had a good record against. And uh, I think there's been a couple of firings that have taken place after the right after it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think Tennessee's fired three coaches after losing to South Carolina. Okay, maybe that trend will continue. No, I, <laughs> I don't see that happening this year. Edward Josh Heupel leaving. Now I can see us winning the game. You got to play smart, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't too. think Heupel's leaving. <laughs> I don't no, think he's no. He's got a great. He had a great job, man. Where where was it that they were talking that uh, Oklahoma probably Oklahoma? Yeah, because he's from there. Yeah, he played there. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't see that happening either. <laughs> uh, they're, they're like mad at Brent Venables because Venables got shut out. <sighs> Shut out, yeah, forty nine to nothing. Shut out too. So it was how like, hard it is to get shut out in the Big Twelve. I, I, yeah, no. You have to try to be bad. I know their quarterback got hurt and all that on a kind of a bad play, but uh, anyway, Sugar Ray says, could there be a method to this madness? Sack continues to evolve. This complicated offense gels because it becomes a difficult scheme for opposing defensive to solve. Versus blowing it up and starting over, I think Sugar Ray, you, you've kind of you, you make a great point, and it's mm-hmm. not you're not wrong here. Um, my question is, in college football, you're, you're you recycle players, you know, so a group of players leaves, and so then it's going to be 
couple more years, you know. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna wait? And and I'll, I'll say the same thing about Kentucky's offense too, because reading up on that and kind of the feel I got the other night, I don't know that they're doing the right thing either. Uh, likewise with LSU last year, same kind of deal. Um, you know, I, I just uh, have, have a lot of questions about this whole. Uh, let's go with uh, what's trendy in the NFL uh, kind of thing, you know. Anyway. First 30 minutes have flown by. Yeah, they have. We're going to get into some grades later and all that, and we'll be right back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me 
and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back, everybody. We are joined by Sawyer Nix on the McKellar Enterprises guest line for the Mental Edge today, as well as the first hour being sponsored by Cindy Searfoss at Coldwell Banker Kane Realty. Give Cindy a call for all your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. Welcome in, Sawyer. How are you feeling this morning? Doing all right, doing all right. Um, I thought about last week and i didn't bring this up on the show and afterwards i was like you know i should have brought this up on the show you know beamer keeps receipts you know he uh he doesn't forget so uh, you know and i said as i've gotten to know the team and some of the staff i'm like i i have a feeling that's you know you you never want to overplay that that's not going to make or break the team that's not going to cause a win or cause them to lose but I said, no doubt, and I think a lot of people knew that as well, no doubt did he remember that. Does, does that provide him a little extra motivation? Now, again, does that mean that the players played 10 times better than they have the games before? No. Um, but I, I was certainly kind of celebrating along with uh, the staff, too. Their, oh, yeah. their, uh, I love their win, we, for sure. Yeah, I loved how he threw it in at the press conference, too. He was like, I lied to y'all all week. I, this really does. This means so much more. <laughs> well, of course it does, Shane. We're, we're human. We're, we're right. human. You know, we, we, we remember those things. We don't, we don't forget. Now, again, does that – should it influence us so much or should it influence the coaching staff so much or the players so much that they can't focus on the details? No. They're still focusing on the game plan and the details. But, again, there is that, that background that, that's going on. So, mm-hmm. I've known Shane Beamer since 2006. Uh, he does. this guy good and bad he remembers things people write about him things people wrote about his dad things people say about his dad uh you know he he um you know even back then he's got a long 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 memory (laughs) and uh you know good and bad for good things and bad things so and i like that i like that in person i think that's uh Sawyer, I think that's mentally healthy when you when you keep receipts and you don't you know you you, you kind of um, remember things. I think that, that, right. that we all have different ways we motivate ourselves internally, and I know I'm I'm kind of like that man. You know, yeah. uh, I'll tell you a story. I mean, I, I 
I, I laugh. I, I was a. Uh, I was just out of college. My dream out of college was to be the Gamecock beat writer somewhere, right? Cover Carolina or, or just an SE, just a college football beat writer in general. And I sort of outgrew that little business of newspapers. <laughs> and I probably make, <laughs> not bragging or anything, but as a business owner and uh, a media personality, the, the, you know, the price point for that's much higher than your normal beat writer. And I remember getting turned down and uh, the person that, uh, got the job over me for several of those jobs in the state of South Carolina. Uh, many of them have asked me for jobs over the years and that's pretty sweet. And then the same guy that turned me down uh, at some of these, many of them have the same failing product that they had years ago. And I'm happy about that. I hope they all go out of business and go under. I mean, I, honestly, I, I don't want anybody to lose their job, but I don't wish them the best. I mean, you could have hired me back then, and, and you, you didn't. You didn't. So, well, so that's it. I bet, I bet you regret that mistake, right? <laughs> um, and, and I don't care. I mean, I, I don't. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's a way that ke- it keeps me motivated, and it's always it's always kept me motivated. You know, um, but that's nobody wants to hear about me. Sawyer, what kind of um, mental toughness did it take to go in there, uh, start like they did defensively, you know, kind of weather the storm, so to speak, uh, you know, uh, face they face some adversity, obviously, and then come out the second half and pull out that win? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this, and if I asked, I guess, Phil, if I asked you last week, where was the momentum going prior to – I guess when I came on the show on Tuesday, because at that point we had not heard information about Lovis being out. You know, there was, I think Tuesday, maybe later that day, was when rumblings came and then things grew stronger as the week went on. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, he was he was playing, and part of the reason I, I picked the Gamecocks not to to win. Sure. Now I didn't I didn't say they don't have a chance. I just said they got showed me, and they had not you know, showed me. Um, but what would you say, Phil, as far as momentum going into that game? Would you say neutral, stalling, or going forward? Uh, you you were going forward, but we definitely were not at a breakneck pace. You know, I mean, you, you'd done what you needed to do in the two get-right games and win those. Uh, you know, we had a strange circumstance, had the second game moved up on the schedule for you. You had some momentum going into it. Um so I felt okay momentum-wise. It could have right. stalled out, but, yeah, no, we were going forward. So I think sometimes people after this win, it's like, oh, well, we just got up for this game. And, you know, that's not how players think. You know, the, each game, they're trying to get up for each game. They're trying to be motivated. They're trying to do their best each game. So the fact that they just showed up for this Kentucky game and they just turned it on, you know, it's, that's that's not true. That's not reality. Players don't just you know turn it off and turn it on certainly each game is is a game within itself but from week to week the players are, are trying to just take little steps and progress each week and so i would say that momentum perhaps was going in a positive direction but at a turtle or snail's pace uh, it was not overwhelming there were still some concerns and perhaps still some concerns for some people about uh certain 
aspects of the game that didn't go smoothly. But nonetheless, the players believe they had belief. They showed it. And now there's this idea of, moment, oh, we have momentum going. Well, for us as fans, it, it wasn't going. Now it's going for the players. It's not that way. It's not stop or start. This is a, a building. Hey, we are already working towards this. We didn't play our, our best games versus Arkansas. We were in it in the fourth quarter. Georgia, just let's throw that one out. We've been taking steps each week to improve and, and develop our, our talent, to develop our efficiency, um, competitive toughness. And now the players believed in that, and so they just – that confirmed their belief. The, the win versus Kentucky just confirmed what they already believed. And now that's where the momentum's coming from is, is oh, well, now it's just confirmed where we already believed. And I think that's important for us um, – in, in our day-to-day life is, you know, we shouldn't stop and start our momentum. Let's have some self-belief along the way. And, yes, we're not going to have our greatest days every day. Every day is not going to be a great day. But also every day is not the worst day ever. So how can we just take little celebrations throughout the day and throughout the week and, and take forward those uh, successes and celebrate that? And I think that's the same thing with the team. It's just, you know, this isn't new. But it's just confirmed. It's something we see visually. The scoreboard reflected it. Um, and now I'm going to go ahead and predict that they're going to beat Texas A&M. So you're calling it wrong. Right I, I'm calling it right now. I could be – I could be, That's I, I, I could be wrong. I could be, uh, you know, I could be wrong. But I'm, I'm calling Everybody. it right now. So we'll, we'll see. I think the bye week helps them significantly with their health. I think the confidence is, hey, we've been doing this. We still got to clean some things up, but we're improving. Uh, every phase of the game continues to take steps forward and not regress. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the things I like, uh, Sawyer, uh, this year especially, is it seems like there is a uh, – the entire season has kind of been, you know, just a slow build and progression. We can see the team getting better every week, every week, every week. And I think that speaks to, uh, well, the buzzword for this week, culture, <laughs> that is being built down there in Columbia. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of like with life too. Like, I, you know, sometimes I struggle with the highs and the lows and like over, you know – overemphasizing both um, and yep. have had to learn that kind of balance. So uh, I definitely understand the way the team's going, but yeah, love yeah. the pick. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, at this point we've been proved <laughs> they can beat a good yeah. opponent. So now it's yeah. like, okay, it, it's only, I don't think the expectation is to handily, you know, beat everybody at home, but you're at home and this is definitely a team that's got some chinks in the armor. Yeah. Gamecocks uh, kind of reversed a trend in Lexington Saturday night. Uh, they'd lost, hadn't won up there since 2012 and had only won that one game, lost in 2010, really. Uh, had been a house of horrors for them. Uh, so I'm going to kind of spin this back and, and talk about a game this weekend, the third Saturday in October. <laughs> uh, October 21st, 2006. Uh, I don't know where everybody was at then. I think think South Carolina was playing Vanderbilt that weekend in Spurrier's second season, and I think I was there in Nashville at that game at that time. That's the last time Tennessee's beaten Alabama. 
Uh, there's like a generation of fans that don't think this is even a rivalry. <laughs> uh, Tennessee's pretty good, you know, but and the game is in Knoxville. Uh, 110,000 screaming orange maniacs, right? Um, Alabama's vulnerable. I mean, it, it's setting – game day is in Knoxville for the second time in four weeks. I mean, if you're Tennessee – the whole organization, fans, players, whoever, you know, how do you, how do you approach possibly getting through the, because the, the, they've lost some close games to them too. I mean, there are some games they could have won uh, through that big crimson wall that you've been beating your head against. Well, they kind of have the opposite of a lot of fan bases, a lot of fan bases, the the negative momentum is like oh woe is me this is awful uh-huh. now they have the opposite everything's going so well and so with the players how do you dial it down for some you know it's like all right we we need to turn it up a couple of notches but for them if I'm the coaching staff all right we gotta get detailed focus we gotta get grounded that means you know focus on little details and not let the emotional balloon carry us away because uh, that's where you know i guess it's airheads you kind of the dumb blonde or whoever where they're like all right you're not gl- grounded you're not hearing what i'm saying you're not here present in the moment you're just kind of aloof or off and and sometimes that does happen to um players not a lot but they get so amped up emotionally and they lose sight of their assignments and their their steps that they need to be successful and that that's what I would preach to Tennessee to the to the team is all right, we got think about what got us here. Running, catching, tackling, running our plays, making our tackles, all those things. And so is, is the coaching staff. They do that day by day, week by week, throughout the whole season. They do that anyway. Um, no different than what our coaching staff is doing. But I emphasize that even more and treat it as a nameless opponent It's you know this week it's it's team a but really it's ourselves that determine whether or not we're going to win not as much what the other team does if we throw picks and have bad plays if we have missed tackles if we have missed assignments it's not as much about the other team you're playing it's so much more about are you doing the things that you're needing to do to be successful and i think that's some of the conversations the Gamecocks have had. It's not as much outside of Georgia. It's not as much about the other opponents as, well, have we done what we've needed to do or not done what we've needed to do, regardless of the opponent? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think that uh, there's been times they have and times they haven't this year. Uh, that series, Alabama-Tennessee, in Knoxville since – the Vols won by three in 06 against the Tide in Needlands to Nayland Stadium. It has not been closer than two touchdowns in Knoxville. They've had two barn burners uh, in, tw- in 09. Lane Kiffin, his only Tennessee team, almost knocked them off. Y'all remember they were the Vols were lining up to kick a field goal to win the game. Uh, and uh, Cody. Terrence Cody, the, the big defense, Mount Cody, they call him in the middle, blocked the field goal. Uh, and then Butch Jones almost beat Alabama in 15. Uh, Alabama had to drive the length of the field, I think, to beat him 19-14. But those games were in Tuscaloosa. So it's, it's going to be interesting, uh, I think, this weekend. You know, if you're the Gamecocks, too, uh, circling back on that, 
you know, I, I, I think that's an important point is not to get amped up over the opponent. I, I think that's happened to them at times uh, in recent years. You know, I think back that that Kentucky game they lost in 2017, um, I'm convinced they were too amped. I, I think later that year against Clemson, if you notice some of the mental errors and defensive penalties they made in that football game, that, that wasn't Dabo's best team uh, in right. 2017. It was Will Muschamp's. Um, come to find out, and you know, Carolina took got taken to the woodshed, but Carolina was very undisciplined in that in that football game. Penalties, people, even the fans were throwing bottles on the field and stuff. I mean, it was it was kind of a hot mess that night. And so, you know, you're right. I think you got to focus on yourself. All right, Sawyer. Well, that is that is one thing that gives me pause going into the A and M game being a night game. The fans are amped up, but it's yeah. is the coaching staff going to be on top of the pulse of the team, making sure they kind of reel them back in and not get too sure. you know, too far ahead. But I think, thank goodness, the A&M uh, Alabama game was as close as it was. I think that, for me, uh, helps the team. If it was Alabama beat them by two or three touchdowns, I think maybe South Carolina perhaps doesn't take them as serious. In a well, they're just having a down year. They're not who they were predicted to be. But having that close game, I think, is enough film for the coaches to see, hey, they're right there with this number one team. I guess they're still ranked number one. Have they got knocked down this week? I don't think so. Uh, I haven't okay. looked at the poll. I don't, so, I'm, I'm boycotting the polls this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> so they were right there with the number one team. And, and I think that's that's what you're going to hear the coaches say. Like, yeah, we beat Kentucky. But here's the, the team that almost knocked off the number one team coming into our place. So we got to make sure that we're the right place. And so I think that can only help help the coaching staff and the team prepare. Carolina, um, under Muschamp, it seemed like Carolina didn't play well at night. Um, I have my theories on that. Uh, I think the guys were tired. Uh, but uh, Carolina so far this year, four night games, four wins. Two losses at, at noon. So, go figure. Go figure. Well, Sawyer, we'll talk to you next week uh, and get more about the Aggies. And uh really going to kind of next week talk more kind of a, about them and kind of their up and downs this year. And, uh, going to get a better read on their quarterback situation when we talk to you next Tuesday, man. Thanks so much. All right. See ya. Thanks. Uh, the Mental Edge with Sawyer next each and every Tuesday right here. Catch you back up on the chat box. Clint says he went to a wedding in Turkey Run, Indiana. That's a real place. Nothing but cornfields. Uh, Clint says all of a sudden he has a hankering for a yeast roll. Quincy's <laughs> <Wednesday's. laughs> big fat yeast roll. Mm. Um, <laughs> Austin says, I think starting over would be less complicated than learning the next leg of Sats offense. Is there a next leg? Oh, God, let's hope not. <laughs> Welcome to Calculus 4. We're speaking it, we're, we're going to teach this class in French. And yeah, if it is, it's, it's gout ridden toes and <laughs> needs amputation before it. <laughs> the drive between Chicago and Louisville is the most boring drive I've ever had to endure, with the exception of the windmills. The windmills kind of freak me out. They're, they're too big. And they're like, I don't know, because we don't have, we didn't have them down south. So but you yeah. go through and it's like, ring. I, I just, I just uh, there's like, can you hear robot. them? They look like robot aliens that are going to destroy Earth. Right. <laughs> right. 
like War of the Worlds. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe says Sugar Ray. I think there's something to that. The offense has felt like it's getting better and better as the season goes on. It has. I mean, I'll give it improvement. Mm-hmm. Saunders says, "Man, Phil got me thinking about low main now." Mm. No, same. I've been thinking about it ever since, and now I want a yeast roll with it. So, what kind yeast. of combo is that? Maybe I should have eaten breakfast this morning. <laughs> I, I think at some point at Ryan's Steakhouse back in the day, you could probably get a little low main and a yeast roll off that buffet. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> One day where it's like, ah, oh, we're gonna do a little, a little Asian spice in here. Mm-hmm. That's what else you ever low main. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't do the Golden Corral. I don't know. There's just something uh, about it. Not that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 uh, I, I've done it for breakfast a couple of times. Yeah, that's that. That is that is the exception we will make. Although it's albeit been years since we've done it. Yeah, I don't. I just I can't. I can't handle that, man. I miss Ryan's, but uh, yeah, Golden Corral only breakfast, and even then, sometimes I'm just not feeling it. No. Mm-mm. Um, as of now, what will be the quarterback order from what you know behind Rattler and Doty? Gauthier is re- is right now the third third guy. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what they would do if something happened to both Rattler and Doty. Um, they may go back to, to carry on Joiner. So, uh, Khalil Mack uh, Joseph says Keith's nicknames are funny. What is the background of Mike Leach being called the pirate? Didn't he dress as a pirate or something? Yeah, he's obsessed with pirates. He had like a like a, 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 a what is it? A skeleton dressed as a pirate in his office. So yeah. you know. he's a national treasure. We we do not appreciate <laughs> Coach I, Leach enough. Well, <laughs> I mean, everybody, well, how can you not like Mike Leach? I don't know. Well, he beats you all the time. I'm sure Jimbo's got his beef. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's a little political, too, so some people don't like him. Because well, that that's true. Yeah, he will. He, he opens yeah. his mouth. You never know what's going to come out. <laughs> Clint says if Venables keeps losing, Josh Heupel would definitely be a candidate. And, and you know Oklahoma fans, because we live in an age of impatience, right? You know they're sitting there going, why don't we hire Josh Heupel? You know, that kind of thing. And, and Heupel didn't leave under the best of terms. He got fired by Bob Stoops. Um, but, man, he was the quarterback when they won the national championship the last time in 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He means Heupel. a lot to the program. I mean, you know, it's good name recognition. And now he's, you know, he's definitely earned his chops. Yeah, uh, Jared says, I would take Jeff Levy if they blow up Oklahoma, certainly. Mm-hmm. Gabe Gagas' course says, was Joe Brady's offense complicated? LSU did good with that system. We hired the guy who worked for the guy. Um, I don't think Sapp's running Joe Brady's system. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, here's my question about that system, though. I mean, it worked. Uh, I think Steve Insminger, who's a veteran college play caller, uh, helped Joe call that offense. Uh, I also think when you have Joe Burrow as your quarterback, Joe Burrow, Burrow. Joe Burrow, Burrow um, then uh, and he's in the zone like he was, and you have all those receivers and a good, good offensive line, and a good, I mean, you're going to score points. Uh, LSU for years has needed to do something like what Joe Brady did with all that, all those players. I mean, 
when Les Miles was there, they're running the I formation and stuff. And you got Odell Beckham Jr. and like all these guys, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry yeah. uh, <laughs> it was just a complete waste. Um, it seems like football coaches, these football coaches are an interesting breed because it seems like they look at stuff like that and go, yeah, probably not going to run the less miles offense. <laughs> you know, um, probably pretty, probably better to not run that, you know, in the SEC. Uh, but no, I don't think it was that complicated. I think, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Coke Chokahoma would say he's lost a ton of players in the portal. Yep. Lady Bree is in the house. Hello, Lady Bree. Uh, Eight six four says, "Why didn't Garrett Riley want to come to South Carolina?" I remember at one point he was candidate for OC. I don't know what happened there, other than Hurdy wasn't interested in maybe a co coordinator, and Beamer was going to go with Bobo, and yeah, and, and that's it. And look, I'll say this: Mike Bobo. Uh, if Mike Bobo had been the OC around here the last couple of years, Carolina fans would probably be a little more happy with the offense. I'll just say that because he, he is a good play caller on game day, has a good feel for it. Uh, Sugar Ray says, Shane, proven you can be cool, have fun, and play physical football. All he really did was mention sunglasses and dancing and then swagged it like a boss. Plus, he was real, not trying to mimic anyone. That's true. Terrence Cody blocked the thing. Uh, Jones did beat Bama, JC, Butch. In life, <laughs> they're champions of life. <laughs> he will I, never live that down. It won't matter. To it, they will etch it on his gravestone. <laughs> his whole tenure at Tennessee was uncomfortable. I think that's the best way to describe it. Because, you know, Tennessee, I mean, you, you, you go through, you got Johnny Majors who wore the, the, the plaid orange coat or whatever, and he's Mr. Tennessee. And then Philip Fulmer, obviously, has a lot of orange in him. You know, he's Tennessee. They, they, they made the mistake with Kiffin. And Derek Dooley's funny and a good old boy, you know, a terrible coach, but uh, really entertaining. So he's like, hey, man, Tennessee. And then here comes Butch Jones. Hi. They're looking like <laughs> – like Sergeant Carter from <laughs> from uh, from Cobra Kyle <laughs> and talking like this, and it's like there were all these commercials. I lived in Nashville at the time, so they would run these commercials mm-hmm. and like maybe like brick by brick, you know, it's a commercial for somebody that built uh, mailboxes. And he goes out there and he's like brick by brick because that's what he said. We open, he's like, we're going to build this brick by brick. And it was just goofy, and then they always had bad stuff that happened at practice. I mean, you want to talk about one of the worst cultures in college football. Butch Jones, Tennessee, one of the worst cultures in college football. Uh, And he hit it and lied about it, and, you know, they benched their quarterback one day, and he's like, you know, did he take the quarterback take any reps? He's like, no, he didn't take physical reps. He took leadership reps. Leadership. Leadership (laughs) Leadership reps. Brick by brick, champions of life. Uh, what a nice coach in Arkansas State now, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know. So anyway, but yeah, that was just always an awkward kind of deal. And then obviously there was the fiasco Jeremy Pruitt hire, <laughs> and they ended up giving money to recruit some McDonald's bags. And now Josh Heupel's there, you know, going ninety miles an hour. 
Um, Bobo is effective, but he definitely has a few dodo moments mixed in there. Father is a Georgia alum, so I've watched more Georgia football than I care to admit. Yeah, I mean, I think also with Mike Bobo at Georgia, anytime you're at a place for like 10 years calling plays, you're going to have some that's like, you know, wow. Why'd you do that there? Always a head scratcher in there somewhere, you know? You're just like, wow. The play called against Carolina that didn't work. I'll remind everybody, allowed Carolina to win the game in 2014. I'll remind everybody that guy was wide open. <laughs> Hudson Mason just kind of one, you know, one opted out there because somebody let uh, one of the Dixons come free, came free and all that. Uh, Spencer says, talking Tennessee while their O is getting a lot of props, but their D ranked 22nd in defensive efficiency. Sort of surprising, in my opinion. I agree. Like, their stats are surprising. I, you know, I, I still don't think they're great, but they're good enough and they've played well enough because all you got to do when you play defense with them for them is get a, get a few stops and your offense is up 21 nothing. And who have they so. played up to this point, too? I mean, <laughs> Florida offensive juggernaut, Florida. Went uh, off offensively on them at LSU. But I, I don't know what Brian Kelly – that whole game seemed weird for LSU. I mean, the minute Tennessee got up 7 nothing, LSU people were just kind of like, uh, Brian Kelly's just yelling and stuff. I mean, and then they cut it to 20-7 to at half and did not respond in the second half. No. You know, maybe Tennessee's defense is good. I don't know. Or maybe I'm wrong. If they shut down Alabama, I'll, I'll, I'll eat my hat. I'm not going to – not really going to eat my hat. Just yeah. going to – um. Figuratively. Figuratively. All right, we're up against the break, top of the hour. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, we'll be back. We got more from the Nanosports chat box. Also, the I Help Consulting mailbag has a few questions in it, and then we'll get to that at the top of the next hour. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax, Inside the Gamecocks, the show rolls on. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email csearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. 
Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show family vacations a new car a new boat all cost money but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now i help consulting can help you finally get the kids to disney world upgrade the minivan or drop that new boat in the water next summer let daniel and i help consulting consult with you no fees just savings you pay them a percentage of those savings save on essential services credit card fees you name it let them find it these folks are incredible i help how can I help you? Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nanasporch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to the show, everybody. The second hour of Inside the Gamecocks, the show is presented to you by the Burgesson team at Remax by the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email for all of your commercial real estate needs. A Burgesson, that's A B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. And of course, the show is brought to you still by Manscaped. Uh, make sure you check out manscaped.com. Use the code Big Spur to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. All right, back in um, top of the hour, Tuesday, October 11th, the show. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax right here. Uh, Spencer says, are you going to eat your hat on this show? Ah, I didn't mean to say eat my hat. We'll club a baby seal to make a deal. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to hand out some, some midterm grades, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go, and you know, we'll go through the, the list, and I'll I'll give you my grade, and you know, then you give me yours, and we'll see see what we can uh, come up with here. Um, you know, going starting on the offense in general. Okay, uh, I'd have to give the offense so far this year, uh, and we're great. I'm great. I, I'm going to grade on a curve, right? In other yeah. words, uh, should they should be better? You know. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say C minus 
for the offense as as a whole, and then I'm gonna go by position. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna give him a solid C. Uh, I think uh, you know factoring in some of the momentum over the last three games, I give him a solid C. Solid C overall. All right, quarterback, um, and that would be mostly Spencer Rattler. I, I, I'm include I'm gonna include Doty in there because he's been in mop up duty and looked pretty good, and I, I can tell he's got better. Um, I'm gonna give it a B. Uh, B minus, B, 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 close to a B minus, but I'll give it a solid B. Because Spencer's not had it, not really had a complete game where he's done everything great. Uh, but you can tell he's kind of, he'll get there. Um, and if, if you can put a whole uh, two halves of football together, I think he could, uh, like Keith was saying, I mean, the guy could go off for like 400 yards uh, if he could put a complete half of football together. So I'm, I'm going to go with a B there. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I tend to agree. B minus, C plus, somewhere right in there is what I was thinking. You know, probably C plus. I think uh, just there's still a few things left to be desired with his game. Um, wasn't really factoring in Doty, but Luke looks good from what limited you know action we've seen of him this year. I can tell he's definitely made some improvements. Yeah, I'm with you there too. But that that's a and that's a fair grade. I think I, I may be a little bit. I uh, maybe be a little bit more liberal with Spencer than than I should because it you know it, it's easy to sit here and harp on play calling, offensive coordinator, all that, but there are some things that Spencer Rattler's done that's not, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, he could be doing better. How about that? Yeah, um, a few things, a few things to tighten up on his end, but you know, overall, you know, yeah, not not bad, not bad. Running back, I'm going to go with a B plus, and I probably. Would have been a little bit lower with that uh, a couple of weeks ago, but Marshawn's really turned it on. Uh, you know, Juju McDowell's not rushing for the yards per carry that he did last year, but uh, uh, one thing uh, Marcus Satterfield did say the other day that was interesting was Juju gets kind of beat up and banged up when he's the second back in, yeah. you know, as opposed to when they have Bill Smith back there, but. Um, I think I think the running backs have played well. It's been mostly Lloyd, so uh, I'm going to go with a B plus based on Lloyd rushing for 7.63 yards per carry in the last three games. Yeah, I, I went A minus because of recency bias. I mean, but I, I I don't see any reason for him to slow down at this point. I think last you know Saturday was a big test. Would we be able to do it against a you know a, a solid SEC defense? And yeah, the answer you know. Was a resounding yes for Lloyd. Offensive line, woo! Everybody loves the line. I think I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them a, a, a B minus. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B minus. I, I think those guys. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, it probably would have been a D plus, but it's a B minus right now because they uh, they've gotten better, man. I mean, they I incrementally know. improve every step of the way. Every single time we see them, something's a little better. And I like, you know, the the personnel usage that we've seen uh, kind of different over the past couple of games has been interesting. But uh, I hit them with a C plus, and I still want to see some more. They're like, <laughs> I don't know this. I don't know exactly it went this way exactly, but. They were like rotating Jakai Moore and Jalen Nichols like by quarter. <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. you know, like scrimmage. They were like, all right, you play the first quarter and you play the second one and then you play the third one and then you play the fourth. Well, take turns. Mm-hmm. And now, 
boxes afterwards and orange slices. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, uh, I, I this Campbell kid played for a little bit. You know, I'm like, who's that guy? Jakai is probably playing his most consistent football. Jakai Morris as he's been at Carolina. So, but yeah, they've got better, better. Jovan Gwynn. Was the uh, offensive lineman of the week for the conference, the right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Phil, we've got uh, the adult dating site people have. Oh no, we're oh no, they're here. Uh, Let's block them. Get them. Shut em. that down. Uh, Smith Williams from the Nana Sports chat box. Smith, I got a chance to meet Smith at uh, Keeneland. Right. Mm. Uh, came up and talked to me. Uh, Smith says if he could put a complete half of football together, that's what I've been saying. And Phil is right. Rattler has honestly left a fair amount to be desired. So he agrees with your grade there. Oh, uh, not bad, but yeah, you still got some improvement to do. You know. <laughs> Clint says I haven't seen the best adult dating site in a while. Last time that came on, though, we lost the stream on YouTube. Yeah, it got really weird. <laughs> it would not let me block them. Everything went there, nuts. So. It was crazy, but uh, all right, tight end. I'm gonna. I almost want to give them an incomplete because I I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of questions about usage, but I, I think when they've they've they've, and I hated it for Austin Stogner the other day that that because um, that 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 was a good play call. That was on Rattler. He just didn't throw a good pass. Um, that would have been a touchdown, I think, or at least it'd have been inside the ten. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go B, solid B. Uh, could be better by the end of the year. Could be worse. But uh, you got a lot of different guys out there. I mean, Jaheim, when he's used, he makes plays. Stodner's made some plays. Uh, Trey Kenyon's made some plays. And Nate Atkins has been, I think, a big difference maker, Phil, when they run the power stuff and, and all that because he's, he's such a good blocker, you know, for Lloyd and stuff. So, I'm going to give the tight ends a B. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm going with the same grade there, B. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't even know whether or not to consider Jaheim Bill in this grouping because is he not? He's not a tight end, is he? We're not, not <laughs> it wouldn't be an issue if you hadn't freaking said it. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so, well, I've been saying that. I mean, he sounded like J.C. Yeah. Sherbert. God, I mean, that's the whole thing. And then, but then we want to, you know, say we're not getting him the ball because he's not doing tight end things. Well, man, <laughs> what do you want him to do? <laughs> Obviously, you want him to be fullback and do fullback dives and, uh, you know, catch little, I don't know, out patterns and screens and stuff. But I'd be fine with that if they threw him an out pattern or a screen, yeah, uh, you know, or a slant or something. I mean, Hell, they let him run down the field a couple times this year. I mean, yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had a huge catch the other day, you know, against Kentucky. So that's uh, in the middle of the field. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Look at that!" Rattler stepped up, fired a nice pass. He jumped up and caught it. Wow! Yeah, I go. know. Look at that. Um, all players so, making big plays. That's the deal. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's a tight end. It's a defense overall. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a B minus right now. Uh, and kind of on a curve because they have had injuries and stuff like that. But, uh, I, um, I'm going to give them a B minus and, and that probably would have been lower before last week because, but, but I thought, I thought in Lexington, I said, that's the South Carolina defense I'm accustomed to see. 
You yeah. know, we've seen in, in many years for the last, uh, you know, 22 seasons around here since Lou Holtz got there. I mean, that's the South Carolina defense that, uh, you know, we, uh, we're, we're used to seeing uh, mm-hmm. good defense, good pass rush, good secondary, good play. Not perfect, but there we go. No, but they put their most complete game together for Kentucky, which is what they needed to do. Um, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm giving them a B. I'm giving them a B, uh, just you know because they've I've seen the you know the improvement and there has been some injuries and and to come out and play like they did Saturday as depleted as they were yeah I think it's worth a B. I just realized the Braves play at like in an hour. No, do they? Okay. I should have never. I, I got to record JC and Morgan after this. I, I should have never agreed to that. Mm-hmm. Braves are playing. I'm gonna have I mean, to. Turn it is Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Oh baby, woo! (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah. So I'll go there. All right. So defensive ends, it's kind of a tough one because they, you know, again, you got to kind of grade on a curve because they're missing Jordan Strong and Terrell Dawkins. Look, man, I think um, I think Birch is getting better. Uh, He had he has some. The one thing about Jordan Birch. He can track, you know, unlike some defensive ends that they've had uh, in the past, um, he can track guys downfield. You know, he's got yeah. closing speed on the perimeter. Um, he did it as a freshman, too. I remember a game of the uh, Carolina's playing at Florida in 2020, and he made a play like that. Uh, I think he's getting better. I think Gilbert Edmond obviously has been a success story. There's not a lot of people behind them, you know, but uh, I'm going to give the a C-plus because I I think there's been games they've been really average and there's been games they've been pretty good and they are getting better. I think that final grade could be higher. Yeah, yeah, I I like C-plus in that uh, that area. The, uh, you know, you still got – Got a whole nother semester here <laughs> to get that grade up. <laughs> yeah, it's trending in the right direction, though. You got to tell you got to. You got to. There's an <laughs> I was told there'd be no math on this. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, so so there's that. So defensive tackles um, get blamed for a lot of stuff with the Gamecocks for giving up rushing yardage. I don't think it's all on them. Uh, Pickens has played exceptionally well. I, I, Taka Hemingway, I mean, you got to be fired up about that. Uh, have they been perfect? Could they be better? I think I'm going to give them a B, D tackle. Yeah, I, I like that too. I think, uh, you know, early in the year, Zach Pickens was not getting enough love just because they were letting people run up and down the field on him. But yeah. if you see, he almost always wins his one on ones and he gets double teamed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that kid was a five star. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a little bit of time because, you know, in, in high school, Phil at T.O. Hannah, he was more of, a, of like an end. A big end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and he's a big um, old dude to be an end. Yeah, slide inside, man. It may it takes. A, then you got you. Then you had the COVID year where nobody could work out. Uh, you know, and it stunted, stunted his development. But I think I think we're seeing now that old Zach Pickens is a pretty good player, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, linebacker. This is going to be a tough one for me. Uh, yeah. D plus. Yeah, I was going to say that one. Sub C, I'd give it a D. We're not failing, uh, but we're we're floundering. Yeah, <laughs> right on yeah, the yeah. <laughs> There's been some missed assignments, and 
the attendance policy is uh, knocking, you know, knocking on your door there. We are uh, missing Mo. <laughs> by the way, my boy Smith, uh, Smith in the, in the chat box says Zach was a defensive end at Tijuana. He's also a running back. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, because every you know, and every Gamecock fans that tell you they don't watch Clemson lie, because I mean, because they're we I don't even care about Clemson. I don't even acknowledge them. And, and then then you'll see him make a comment like, "Hey, can can we put Zach Pickens in the I formation like Clemson did with Christian Wilkins?" Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like obvious. Like ah, you. Uh, like they watch every South Carolina game too. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually well, I did not watch this weekend because weren't the games on at the same time? Yeah, same, same time. And I, I have no interest in watching. But I'd rather watch paint dry or watch uh, Canadian yarn art theater. Um, don't ask me what that is. Uh, and you know, then then going and uh, then watching Boston College play right now. Yeah, oh, uh, even though they did beat Louisville <laughs> the other day, Louisville. <laughs> Weird, weird deal uh, with Scott Satterfield up there. But, Satterfield um, might have saved his job for at least a week winning that game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strange. But, but why uh, don't they, I mean, the guy's been trying to get out of there for how long? A couple of years now. He's entertaining every offer that comes his way. <laughs> he was, you know, he wanted the South Carolina job, right? Yeah. And or the North Carolina job. You know, he's from the Carolinas. He's a Carolinas guy. Uh, he took NC State, and and the timing just never worked out for him to take those jobs. And so Louisville's a good opportunity, and he was winning at App State pretty big, really good coach there. And uh, I thought the the first um, first season he he was left a mess by Bobby Petrino at the end. I mean, people forget at the end of the Bobby Petrino era up there, Lorenzo Ward was the interim head coach. <laughs> He's Wayne's actually zero and one in his head coaching career. He lost to uh, Kentucky, Kentucky. But uh, you know, I thought he did a great job. He won eight games, and you're kind of thinking, well, the 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 app magic is you know the Churchill Downs now. And so it's like <laughs> the next year they suck, and then the next year they're bad, and then now they're they're even. I mean, they're just kind of yeah. Um, and and Louisville. Louisville can be really good at football, you know, and, and they have been, and so they and they have high standards. So, and and then the whole the whole South Carolina thing. <laughs> I mean, the guy obviously interviewed. And look, if you think Scott, if Ray Tanner had called Scott Satterfield and said, "Hey, I'm gonna hire you to be the coach of South Carolina," he would have left. He'd have been. He'd have gotten in a helicopter and, and flown down. I mean, he'd, he'd, Ryan he'd, Kelly from Cincinnati is what that would have looked like. He'd, he'd be on that don't, don't you don't 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 let him fool you. You know, um, he just he wasn't ahead of Shane Beamer or Billy Napier in the pecking order. You know, it just just wasn't. Um, Oh, hold right. on, look at Nana's chat box here. It may be Zach Pickens and Jordan Birch at QB. Listen, don't give him any ideas. He doesn't need any more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> He's got enough. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe. <laughs> don't put that out in the universe, man. <laughs> the universe does not need that out there. Don't <laughs> need any kind of uh, package it. <laughs> oh, Would anybody play a quarterback that's a D-lineman? 
please, please. But uh, oh my gosh, no, nah, yeah, that's right. Actually, if I were going to put a D lineman back there at a quarterback, I'd probably put Tonka anyway back there. Tonka I mean, looked like he can handle himself. I mean, you know, yeah. football the last two games. I mean, you know, it's some defensive linemen go through their whole career and never get their hands on the ball at all. That's right. He's yeah, tested. good things happen when Tonka touches the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Now, 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 we can send that to Pete Limbo, and he'll figure it out. He'll go through everybody's film and say, I mean, that guy's awesome because he'll sit there and go through the film, and, and what he's doing is he recognize like, he he does his he does a great job because he'll go through and break down the opponent, and then, okay, so in other words, when they're in this kind of block or coverage or whatever, this is going to be open. And uh, and he just waits, and when they get the right look, he rock and roll, you know. So that's yeah. I love yeah. I love Pete Limbo, by the way. Okay. But we're gonna Pete's get there. The yeah, Pete's the best. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go cornerback. Right. I will give it a solid B. Yeah, I will too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that uh, you know. I mean, injury notwithstanding, obviously, these couple of weeks they, they've held their own, man. They're they're doing well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> even the young guys, you know. <laughs> Every, everybody thinks you know Marcellus Dial is this year's, uh, you know, person that everybody picks on in the second. <laughs> they, they think he's not very good. But, you know, Stephon Gilmore was that guy in 2010, and I remember Fred Bennett was that guy one year, and it just, uh, you know, corners get beat. But I, I think Dial's still playing well. I think there's, you know, something to be said for. The amount of time sometimes he gets beat, but he had a, he had a, I think he had a bad penalty the other night too. But uh, I think he's holding up. I mean, you know, you, you don't notice what he's doing unless the ball goes his way. You know, yeah. a lot of times. Um, I think Cam Smith played well. Um, Rush when he's been out there has played well. Spalding, you know, it's hard to kind of say corners because. You know, there's a nickel, nickel position. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go nickel safety, and I th- I'm going to give, I'm going to grade these guys on a curve, and say B plus because there's two trash. There's a there's true freshman back there. Um, they just got Spalding back. Um, I'm going to say B B plus for safety. I agree. I agree. Yeah, solid. You know, Spalding obviously comes back, makes an immediate impact. Uh, Nicky Minori is the surprise of the year. Um, you know, I don't know. We were hearing it coming out of camp, and the, the players were talking about it too. That's the big tip off is when the players are talking about a guy in a press conference. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you're getting everything you wanted to out of a freshman, and and Spalding seems to be holding his own. So, I mean, and here's 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 something interesting, you guys. Because I know you all read the uh, the preseason stuff, you know, from mm-hmm. practice. Here's a here's a here's a tip for for, for all you that, that I've kind of learned over the years. A pro tip, right? Pro tip. Pro fill. Pro fill. Pro fill. What is what is what is our uh, for the uh, where did our, that come from? <laughs> one of our friends calls Phil Pro Phil, and I've never I've, I've, I like the nickname. I've never figured it out, but. Uh, Anyway, um, so pro tip. So whenever you hear like this guy's standing out in practice, that guy's standing out in practice, and it's like once every now and then it rotates or whatever, that's one thing. You know, temper, you know, you you can't necessarily mark it down and say, oh, well, this guy's going to play. For example, 
uh, Kyla Horton, who's a freshman receiver, uh, played eight man football last year. He had a good preseason camp. Well, he's not playing, obviously. You're that Landon Sampson, too. You heard of yeah. Landon Sampson. Uh, Short was a guy. Okay. But when you hear it every day, <laughs> and it's players, coaches, everybody. Like, there's been two guys in the secondary that have, um, and I'm not talking about your obvious people like Clowney and Lattimore and those guys. Um, you know, Stephon Gilmore was a highly rated recruit, but I don't know that it was obvious that he would come in and start, right? Uh, the two guys in the secondary, I've heard that about the whole time I've been doing this, would be uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Horn, and now Nick Immemori. Mm-hmm. Both Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Horn ended up being top ten draft picks. So uh, when you hear it over and over from everybody – you know, on both sides of the ball, players, coaches, whatever, I think that's uh, that's a tell right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Emanuori has been a stud. I mean, think about what Nick Emanuori is going to be next year, Phil. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna have an off season to develop, right? This kid, he's a he's a freaking freshman, <laughs> so he's not done growing yet. It is the you know reasonable to assume. <laughs> 220 already. Uh, by the way, Clint on the chat box has a good idea. Put Trey Jones in the slot. I, I wouldn't see it. Uh, Cocky Gaming says, put Kai Kroger at quarterback. Yeah, Kai has a pretty good arm. Kai, yeah, I mean, you know, he's efficient. He's efficient and throws touchdowns. He does throw touchdowns. <laughs> Shoot, I was going to put Kai Kroger in there at quarterback, see if he can chuck it around a little bit. Shoot. Red zone package with Kai, Kai Kroger. Kai Kroger and Trey Jones in the slot. Trey Jones in the slot. Yeah, that's right. Hemingway. <laughs> with Jaheim Bell in the backfield because, you know, that's where he lives. They finally put Jaheim in the game and, 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 and let him run. Yeah. Is it left tackle? He sent everybody one way and throw him the other way and then, then criticizes blocking or whatever. That's like, right, yeah. And, and then say he can't block. Smith Williams, Vinnie Murphy, the legend of Vinnie Murphy, will never be beat. Man, Murphy, I wouldn't have mind seeing him take the center job last year and stay. Uh, I thought Vinny played well when he got in the game. I don't know where it was practice-wise, but uh, I always thought he was tough and hard-nosed and sort of the kind of guy they needed up front, but that's fine. Um, all right. Uh, it's 11 or 12.30, so we got to get a break in. Uh, final break inside the Gamecocks, the show. Love chatting in the Nanosports chat box here. Going to have uh, read some emails when we get back. Inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com is the I Help Consulting mailbag. And we'll have that for you right after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina 
very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Mer Taylor, at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's up? This is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. JC Sherbert and Phil Mullinax here with you. 
Uh, second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give them a call for all your commercial or multifamily real estate needs, uh, or shoot them an email, Adam or Derek, A Burgesson, A B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. And of course, the show is presented to you by Manscaped. Join the 5 million men worldwide who have hopped on with Manscaped and the Performance Package 4.0 comes with their new Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear trimmer um, that comes with as well a nice toner uh, and deodorant for your below the waist needs as well as a, a performance uh, what do you call it? boxer briefs yeah they're all right I want them nice and soft That's they are they are yeah but don't forget to use the code big spur at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping that's code big spur at manscaped.com Manscaped would remind you to use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. Outstanding. <laughs> it's only taken me a month. I kind of got it. <laughs> got it down. You got it down there. Yeah, I got uh, my Manscaped. Uh, I got my Manscaped boxers on. No, that was yesterday. Never mind. Um, it's other game box. The show rolls on. Ah, uh, the open date. Love it. <laughs> lot of reaction, uh, all that good stuff. Okay, so so we're going to continue to grade. Um, we graded the, the the nickels and safeties and, and the defense and offense. So I'm going to grade the special teams, uh, just in general. A plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I I see no issues at all, really, on special teams. I mean, we've increased our. Uh, Punt return, kick return yardage year over year, if I recall. Uh, it, they're they're using trick plays and special plays, but not recklessly. <laughs> and I'm almost all aside from one bad snap, JC, I think that's all I could really say about special teams, having that one bad snap. Yeah, whenever is it? Yeah, they you know missing extra points in the, the beginning mid- of the year, yeah. but uh, yeah, I got to go. A plus. I mean, when you lead the country in in uh, block punts and you, you get good return yardage, you you get you know, your coverage units are good. I don't remember anybody breaking knock on wood, right, Phil? You know, I don't remember people. Nobody's broken a punt return on Carolina yet this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe coming, <laughs> you know, uh, or a kickoff. And, uh, you know, the coverage has been good. Uh, you, you block punts. And I think Van at some point is going to break one in the punt return game. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He's been mm-hmm. close a couple of times. Uh, kickoff return, you know, would I rather see Juju McDowell back there than Xavier Leggett? Yeah, but I, I think Juju's, as long as he's the second running back, you know, with Bill Smith out, you know, he's probably – they probably don't want to beat him up a little bit. But, you know, and I think he – I think that's – I think Juju should be the kickoff returner. But, you know, these days, though, uh, 80% of the kickoffs go through the end zone. So, I mean, that, that's, that's like whatever. So, uh, but, yeah, I think the special teams have been great this year. They, they work on it. They practice it. They have a strategy for it, right? Uh, and I think that makes all the difference. So – Overall grade for the Gamecocks, I'm gonna, I'm going to give them a, a B minus uh, for right now because the record does matter. I mean, you know, the, the, the optics matter too, 
Um, but the record does matter. They're four and two. I think most people thought that's where they would be. Uh, and that would be being optimistic. Uh, I think a lot of folks thought the Gamecocks were going to start zero and four in SEC play. Uh, if you if you rate the if you, if you look at the amount of hype uh, for the first four opponents in the offseason, I mean it was you know, in the SEC it was you know Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, A and M. I mean all those teams. I mean people have made just some myself included with Arkansas. Uh, Crazy predictions <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, about, about all those, a lot of those teams. So, some may end up being, you know, true. Georgia's obviously really good, but uh, in my opinion, you know that, that, that even optimistic fans thought four and two was good. But at the same time, I think there's issues. You know, I think there's uh, issues with the offense and, and, and whatnot, and there's things that could be better. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give them a, a B minus. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I concur. I, I might have said C plus, but we're getting better every week, week to week. Everything seems to be improving. Offense, obviously, still I think the weakest link in the chain. Um, but still, you got a lot to build on over these past three games going into the bye week. So it only stands to reason that you're going to continue to improve. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I have a consulting mailbag. Chavis comes in. Satterfield. <laughs> I, I waited on this one till today. Yeah. <laughs> Better called game. Not great, though. Not sure if you were able to listen to the broadcast, but Jordan Rogers really broke down the complications of Satterfield's offense. It went on and on during the first half. Thoughts? I've said the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's oh, glaringly right. obvious at this point <laughs> that this is a hard scheme to learn. And it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you're and, – and it's obviously not just year over year because we've got the same damn offensive line that we did last year. <laughs> same one. Yeah. And it still looks rough. <laughs> and here's the thing, too, about it. I uh, When in the history of South Carolina sports has uh, – or, or South Carolina um, football – of all the coordinators that have come in and, and, and gone and all that good stuff, when uh, when has something, when you, when you make it more complicated, worked here, ever? I mean, who are the best de- defensive coordinators through the years? Joe Lee Dunn, uh, obviously exotic scheme, but uh, not that hard to learn. The run and shoot, not that hard to learn. Modern offense, Spurrier, we talked about that. Ellis Johnson ran a high school offense. Tyrone Nix's system certainly wasn't that difficult. Charlie Strong's system certainly isn't that difficult. Oh, but what? guess what was? Will Muschamp's <laughs> defense? Yeah. Um, very complex, but really a, a system that when you look at, you know, what's happened with the Saban coaching tree through the years, Phil, uh, it works at places where you have talent. And if you don't have talent, it don't work. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not just talking about SEC level talent, Phil. I'm talking about lots and lots of NFL talent. Yeah, yeah, guys that are that are going to be multiple, you know, early round draft picks is what it takes to do that. And it also takes about an army of analysts and assistants. You know, you've got to have support to make it happen because it's just so freaking complex. You can't do it as a head coach. Yes, not a smaller program. I mean, not not necessarily smaller program, but one that isn't getting you know 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, nobody's out there trying to be very complicated these days. I mean, you know, at, at schools where it's not, you know, so I don't know. And, and I thought that about Muschamp's defense, and I, I couldn't believe that. I guess that was what's so frustrating about last year is because you looked at it and you go, well, they're doing the same thing they did uh, with Muschamp on defense, on, but they're just moving it to offense. You know, yeah. too complicated. Uh, there's a reason Muschamp's last defense at Carolina was awful, and not just awful because it was 2020 and nobody really played defense. Historically awful, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. With uh, how many NFL players in the secondary? Yeah, right. Um, Jamie Robinson eventually will be in the NFL too, so there's probably a four or five back there. By the way, condolences to West Ashley High School uh, down in uh, the Charleston area. Athletic director Jeff Phipps passed away after a courageous battle with cancer. Uh, so I did not know him, uh, but uh, certainly know a lot of people uh, in that community and down on the coast and just want to say thoughts and prayers or with the entire West Ashley High School community based on that. Um, you know, that's, that's tough. It's tough to go uh, to lose a member of your athletic family uh, at the high school level. Uh, and certainly uh, thoughts and prayers are with he and his family. Uh, Jeff Phipps passed away, uh, athletic director at West Ashley High School. Um, yeah, so that's the whole thing there. Uh, Jake says, man, I think at a minimum we should have beaten UK 38-14. Rattler has two red fringe zone turnovers, and if we just run Lloyd, we probably score. I'd like to have run after the block punt. I would have probably stayed a little bit on the ground, uh, maybe mixed in it, maybe taking a shot on first down, uh, and then get back to the, or you know, or once he went 10, 11 yards, get up the line of scrimmage. You know, run a little tight end drag in the end zone or something like that. That's not even what they ran. It's just a dumpster fire. After, yeah, just, after after the eleven yard run, it, it was like I don't know. It's one of those where you're just looking at your TV, like, "What the hell did we just watch?" It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> we just watch. <laughs> I, just, I just got an email. Why in the hell is Disney World going up on prices again, man? Oh wow! I'm taking uh, for my birthday right after Christmas. I'm taking my mother and my niece. My niece has never been. She's four or five. Uh, fiance, you're going, we're going for like four days. That may be my last trip. I, I'm just, uh, yeah. I, you know, you know me, Phil. I oh, mean, you I, love, you love Disney. Disney. And I'm just like, like this genie plus thing. They're going up They're They're, they're jet. Nobody likes that to begin with. And they're jacking up the price on it. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, anyway. That's I got off track there. Uh, <laughs> um, I might have seen them run and a couple of four and outs near the fifty. They've gotten some points. I agree. They bogged down. We have played like that all year. If it can just come together, we have pieces to be an eight or nine win team. Could be even more. Even at Arkansas, we had nice perks. It's going to be more consistent if we want to win a plus. Consistent execution will determine if this team is six and six with no more big wins. Missouri and Vandy. Man, I think Missouri and Vandy will be big wins if they win away. <laughs> I just, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't sleep on the Mizzou defense and, you know, Vandy. Uh, Vandy's going to jump up and bite somebody this year. You just don't want it to be you. Yeah, it is. I thought it was going to happen to Ole Miss, too. I did, too. <laughs> the thing with Vandy, well, and then, well, Vandy's starting running back, I think, left the program the other day, so that helps. But they got a 
big dual threat quarterback. They got the McGowan kid from Lawrence, who's a freshman up there, who's fast as all get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got another receiver that's really good. Uh, it, it's a tough. They have a tough offense to stop. Their defense is hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but their defense also was hot garbage last year, and South Carolina needed a a, a Zeb Nolan off the bench, uh, yeah, drive it. Yeah. And, and they, they needed Vanderbilt to stay in prevent defense mm-hmm. to win that game. So uh, people you ask just me, like, it doesn't end in a you. You don't have to have a perfect storm this year to make it work. You just want to put it to bed early and get out of there. <laughs> Tell me, JC, what 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 game what game on the schedule are you most worried about? Everybody goes Tennessee, you know. Yeah, because of course everybody doesn't. Everybody worries about Clemson these days, but uh, uh, Tennessee is definitely because they they see these big scores and their offense, and everybody likes their offense and stuff. Mine's Vanderbilt because hey, let's say Tennessee does beat Bama this weekend. Let's say they beat Georgia. Let's say they have a miracle season, and it's. People are talking about 2022 like they talked about 1998 in Knoxville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they beat Carolina, so what? <laughs> well, they're probably, you know, by that point, we'll know how good they are, right? Mm-hmm. There's no shame in going down in the swamp, you know. I, I, I would hope they would not lose to Missouri, although I have felt like, Missouri's kids have played really, really hard their first three SEC games, and they should have, they could have won all three, but they lost all three. Um, lost by a touchdown to Florida, four points to Georgia, and totally blew the Auburn game. <laughs> um, so something will go their way eventually, but uh, that game's at home. Carolina needs to beat them every year. It's, it's, it's unex- inexcusable. It's un- Unacceptable to have a three-game losing streak to those guys. No, um, I mean, especially with the way that they recruit too. I mean, they're yeah. consistently in the bottom, you know, third yeah. of the league every year, and you're like, "What is he doing up there?" They're not. They're not even. Yeah, they're just kind of weird. You know, they're kind of a weird, dude, weird, weird, weird outfit, right? And uh, you know, there's no shame in losing to that. There's no shame in losing to Texas A&M. There's no shame in losing to Clemson, although you, it's not pleasant, but. Uh, that Vanderbilt game, you just don't want to lose it, man. And and it's tough because eventually, guys, Vanderbilt's going to beat South Carolina again in football. It's only happened four times in 30 years, and it, 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 it's coming waves. Uh, 98-99 and uh, 07-08. But eventually, they're going to beat the Gamecocks again. And uh, it hadn't happened in 14 seasons, and so you're just like, ah. You know, uh, same with Clemson and Wake Forest. Clemson has not lost to Wake since 08. That game that got Tommy Bowden fired. They lost to Wake Forest 12 to 7, dude. How do you do that? I listened to that game on the radio. <laughs> that was great. It was great. It was calling Clemson the Pete Yannity, or, or yeah, was that? It was, I think it was Yannity, or no? Well, it, oh. is he the one that said there's orange in the Indians? Oh, geez, that was there's orange in the Do they still say that? I haven't listened to a Clemson broadcast in years. I haven't heard a Clemson radio call in years. That was that may have been the last one I listened to. Somebody uh, find out if they still do. There's orange. If there's orange in the end zone. Oh, let's hope they don't. Surely they've come up with something better than that. 
There's orange in the inside. What if that's hot else? They were not happy about that. On the Rika tell, it just exuded. It just, you know, came out of the radio. They were very upset about that. It was like, <laughs> it was like, like Wake is a house of horrors. <laughs> what? <laughs> You don't just walk into Grove Stadium. You don't just walk into Grove Stadium. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Clint says Yannity did the origin. Is that Will Merritt was probably calling games. And I like Will Merritt, man. Will Merritt called it. I mean, you know, he's a he. I think he's a Wren guy, Clemson guy, through and through. Obviously. But man, you, you'd hear him talk, and, and you know, on his radio show and stuff, and he called it like he saw it. I mean, he, you know, he. He was talking about Spurrier one day, and he's like, "Honestly, you know, good play calling versus bad play calling. That's that, you know." Uh, he just uh, he told it like it was. Um, I don't know what actually happened to him over time, but uh, he's a good guy. I thought I've always thought he was a good guy. I don't know him terribly well, but I always thought he's a good guy. And I've always liked Pete Yannity too. I mean, Yannity got a bad rap because he was the Clemson voice, but he was Channel Seven to me, man. Yeah, Football yeah. Friday nights with Pete Yannity. Hi, I'm Pete Yannity. Burns going out to Broome tonight. Oh, that's another because we get Burns high school football radio calls here, you know. Oh, yeah. I used to be the sideline oh. reporter, dude. I remember those. Yeah, I remember. Here yeah. With Greg yeah. McKinney and some other guy. Oh, I miss Greg McKinney. Local radio could use Greg McKinney right uh, now. Oh, yeah. They replaced him with. He who must not be not, not a very strong one. <laughs> but uh, uh, whoever they've got doing the Burns calls now, it's like it is literally just ye- it's all just yelling. It's yelling. It's yelling. It's yelling. Uh, it. I mean, it, uh, the Rebels get the ball. Oh, I'd no. love to do it, and I, I I talked about doing it. Uh, they had another group that could have hired me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to come back to Greenville and done it and all that, but uh, for not not very much money either. But the, the I would I would have done the uh, the Burns play by play, and I had a plan. I was going to kind of emulate Larry Munson, you know. And the Rebels are man, we're sitting there at the forty five yard line at Spartanburg High. Uh, Bryce in the shotgun got two out wide, and we. And we run a play, and we sweep to the right side. Got about two, three yards. Good tackle there by eight. Eight, eight. Smith. That'd be better than what they do now. Right now, it just, I mean, it's it, it's literally nothing but just yelling. I, I can't even. You, yeah. you, you, uh, <laughs> Oh, and God help, they're in a press box with another duo like that on the other side. Where they got a radio show, and then it's like dueling just, oh, my God. A Mexican <laughs> soccer call, you know. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Man, I'm oh, man. in the down and distance, guys. <laughs> and, the Rebels, and we're up, about, and we're down. Dorman's got it down on our three. 18 seconds, 17 seconds. Lay down, you guys. <laughs> Lay down. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, but that was my big plan if I was calling Burns High School football. And I'll tell you what, man, if I retire, that would be a hell of a job for me. I would love that. Uh, calling uh, – I don't have any interest in calling Carolina games because I'm not a play-by-play guy. <laughs> No, no. But on that level, man, that would be awesome. 
You know, hey, we're here in Nixon Fields packed tonight for a big game. <laughs> we got Greer in town, you know, and we don't like Greer at Burns. Yeah. Well, they don't. Greer's not been competitive with Burns. Like Greer is falling <laughs> off. <laughs> that used to be a dang game, boy. That mm. was, uh, I remember going to the road game. Anyway, I'm, I'm off. I'm yeah. Target <laughs> here. Uh, Yannity, Jan's my boy Jan, who by the way hung out with Jan in Lexington. It's my yeah. guy. He says Yannity's far better than Don Munson. I agree. And Todd Ellis's ice picks in the eyeballs. You, you haven't uh, you haven't heard that new Burns call, Jan? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Touchdown, Carolina! Pour oh, some sugar on me. <laughs> Touchdown, Carolina! Wheels in the sky keep on turning. <laughs> Touchdown, Carolina! Touchdown, Jaheim Bell, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. He ought to try it. I mean, you know. He, he calls uh, that for the Florida Panthers when he's like, well, yes. Well, the weirdest one was they scored a goal and he's like, and he goes, what's in the box? Like from seven? I know. You remember seven? And we, we all know it was in that dang box, right? You right. Know, and I was like, holy shit. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? You know, anyway. <laughs> Maybe they'll have something to get excited about in Carolina here soon. <laughs> oh, the Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, they've gotten their wish. <laughs> yeah. This was the floor. This is Florida Panthers. I think that, that's the Miami hockey team. That's the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jan goes, boom, hurt me. I don't know about hurt me. I don't know what that's all about. Spank me? <laughs> <laughs> He like spank my ass and call me Susan. <laughs> this is degenerated. Right, yeah. Tommy would fall apart. You wouldn't hear from him. Uh, uh, yeah, Todd. Uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Oh yeah, go go. Hey, it's kind of funny. What during one of those Devo Samuel kick returns? I think because you know you don't want to step over the play by play guy, right? Right. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to do that if you're the Tommy got excited. God bless Tommy. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know what I'll do when Tommy's not doing color commentary because I've grown up listening. He was with Bob Fulton. He's been doing it what fifty years, the dude. Before Bob Fulton, I don't know. I mean, was there somebody before? But anyway, it's. <laughs> Debo's gone, you know, and, and Tommy just starts going, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. He's like, let me call it, let me call it. He's like, oh. He's like, let me step on you there, Toddy boy. Touchdown, Debo Samuel. Was it 2019 Georgia game? That's the one we won, wasn't it? Yeah. The, uh, oh, take, that take that, take that, Georgia. Wheels in the sky keep on turning. <laughs> I love that. I love that one. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Let the good times roll. <laughs> that actually would be fun. Let the good times roll. 
Yeah, Clint says that was the Missouri game in 2017. He goes, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Let me call it. <laughs> Why, Todd? You can say you're, he's at the 65. Yeah. <laughs> 19 years old. <laughs> I love it. You, yeah, know, I love it. you complete me. <laughs> Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Marshawn Lloyd. You complete me. <laughs> complete me. <laughs> <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> well, it is. All right. I'm sorry. All right. For Phil Mullinax, this is JC Sherbert. We'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday. Phil, we got Jamie coming tomorrow. Yeah, it should be. Yep. Rep. Jamie, yep. On his regular, regular Wednesday setup. Right. Guess we got some more guests we're working on, like new get new folks that you hadn't heard from, you know, yeah, right. that, uh, that Phil and I are working on. As always, you can catch the entire show. On Apple Pods, uh, Spotify, Audible, if you're in audiobooks, whatever. And then obviously uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, Chris got a good one too, man. I got to do this real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Christian Bill Smith. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> wow. Good night. All right. See you guys.